Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Elections in Taiwan, North Korea on the brink, Iran increasing its aggression. There's a lot of global instability just in time for primary season. Have you sheltered your savings from potential major setbacks to the economy? It's not too late to diversify an old IRA or 401k into gold, and the Birch Gold Group can help you with that. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold, and it doesn't cost you a penny out of pocket. Just text COAST to 989898 for a free info kit. Text COAST to 989898 today. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. Paula Harris with us. Let me introduce her first, a photojournalist, investigative reporter in the field of extraterrestrial-related phenomena. She is one of the best. She is also a widely publicized freelance writer and author of a number of books on exopolitics, government disclosure, and interviews with pilots, military personnel, contactees, media personalities, and key players in the field of ufology. She puts on an annual conference in Nevada as well. Her latest book is called Trinity, the Best Kept Secret that she wrote with Jacques Vallée. First of all, let's say hello to Paula. Hello, Paula. Hi, George. How are you doing? I'm looking great. Good. It was great seeing you at Conscious Life Expo, by the way. I had fun. Yeah, it's always good to be there. Let's introduce your partner here, Jacques Vallée. Of course, everybody knows Jacques' name because he is... One of the best. He began his professional life as an astronomer at the Paris Observatory in 1961. While on the staff of the French Space Committee, he witnessed the destruction of the tracking tapes of unknown objects orbiting the Earth, initiating a lifelong interest in the UFO phenomenon. He arrived in the United States back in 1962, worked in the astronomy at the University of Texas at Austin, wrote two highly respected scientific examinations, arguing for the extraterrestrial hypothesis, they called ETH, of UFO origins. In 1967, he received a Ph.D. in computer science from the Northwestern University, where he became a close associate of J. Allen Hynek, then scientific consultant, as you all know, on Project Blue Book, eventually concluding that the extraterrestrial hypothesis was too narrow to encompass the burgeoning UFO data. He conducted his own extensive global research, resulting in the Alien Contact Trilogy. A couple of his books include Passport to Magonia, Dimensions, A 
a casebook of alien contact and the one that he co-wrote with Paula, Trinity, The Best Kept Secret. And if you've seen the movie Close Encounters of the Third Kind, the person who is the Frenchman, Lecombe, is basically depicting Jacques Vallée. And I had the honor of giving Jacques a Conscious Life Lifetime Achievement Award at Conscious Life back in February. Jacques, good to have you. And you're in Paris, understand, right? Yes, good morning. Good to have you with us. I had my first cup of coffee. Excellent. And you're on with Paula. Say hi to Paula. Hi, Paula. Thank you for... Uh, you're being, lucky it's morning there. It's night here. <laughs> Yeah, what time is it there, there, Jacques, now? It's uh, a little bit after 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock in the morning. Okay, great. Well, in the morning. We're going to have some uh, great discussions here about the, the work both of you do, which is really as good as anybody in the world. But, Paula, let's start with you. This, tell us about this case that occurred in 1945, because not a lot of people have heard about it until you and Jacques wrote the book, Trinity. Well, it was a case that I had read about when I was in Italy. As you know, I lived in Italy from 1992, to, and then I came back to the United States in 2007. I had read about it in a journal about these two little boys, and at that time they called them Indian boys. They're not Indian. They're Hispanic, who had witnessed a crash. Uh, in other words, the the uh, vehicle went over their heads, and they w- witnessed the actual crash. And uh, that it happened in 1945, about 13 miles from where the atom bomb had exploded. And I had read about it, and never thought that I'd ever be involved in it. But when I came back to the United States, the son of the uh, pilot uh, called me and was talking about his father being involved in before he uh his father um before he retired having been part of this crash and i said you know i asked him questions and and he gave me remy baca's telephone number and at that time remy baca was alive because he since passed on and i called him in gig harper washington i also went there in person to interview him. And the two boys were Remy Baca, who was seven, and um, Jose Padilla, who was nine at the time. So it took me nine months to get Remy to trust me so I'd get the details of what happened. And then when Remy passed on in 2014, I went to New Mexico to Socorro to meet Jose. And I I have been working on the case for about five years, um, going down to New Mexico, uh, gathering all the word-for-word testimony, because you know, George, that's how I do it. Yep. I oh, yeah, you're official. And, and tape every word. So I had all this material, and then Jacques came along, and he was interested in the case, and we worked on it for another four and a half years now, so it's nine years that I've been researching the case. Let's bring Jacques in here now. Jacques, how did you become aware of this case and then join up with Paula in this program? Well, you know, it goes back to, of course, the the enigma of all the crashes and the stories about New Mexico that, uh, you know, I've heard all my life. And uh, I I never, and, and people reproach me for not investigating some of those cases, 
but I remember conversations with Dr. Heineck in, in Chicago, uh, you know, talking about uh, all that all that material, but we could never get very precise, complete information about, you know, exactly where the cases were, what had happened, what were the, uh, you know, what could be actually analyzed. Because it's one thing to be amazed by one case, and it's another thing for a scientist to be able to actually work on it and contribute. That changed um, after a couple of books that that hinted to new information about a, a case that had been very quiet, you know, west of uh, west of Socorro, west of that, that whole area, about an hour an, an hour to the towards Arizona. And I I went there with uh, you know a couple of scientists and we uh, we started studying that case came back with actual material that we had dug up and now you know things opened up a little bit and I had a, a friend named Juan Brinkley who's helped me who uh, whose family is from New Mexico was very familiar with the territory, very familiar with the Indian side of the stories, and uh, took me to uh, to Trinity, to to uh, to the, the area around Trinity, and told me that there was a case there that had barely been researched, and that we really should be uh, doing more about that. He had met. He had gone and met uh, Jose Padilla on his own uh, to begin to uh, document the case. That was the same case uh, that Paula had been working on. Uh, unfortunately, Ron was was killed in a by a car, by a speeding car. Oh, jeez! But I continued. You know, he had told me enough that I had enough information to begin digging into it. And when I did, I realized that. Yes, this was an unresearched, very early case that coincided with, you know, not only the end of World War II, but with with the atom bomb. And well, that's true. All cause... the scientific work that had been going there, it was, you know, intricately, you know, tied to everything that was going on in New Mexico and in the Pacific at the end of World War II. And I became fascinated with that, heard that Paula had done, uh, you know, several years of work on the case, and uh, I, I sought to contact her, and uh, an investigator in Los Angeles put us in touch. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, 
only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. And Paula, Project Trinity was the code name for the first detonation of an atomic bomb back in July of 1945, wasn't it? Well, it was the Manhattan Project, actually. It was uh, all the, you know, it was Fatimi and Oppenheimer and top-secret scientists that went down there, and they tried to keep it top-secret. In fact, the town did not know uh, that there was going to be a bomb that exploded, and Jock will, will, will uh, explain it was not a test. It never was a test. It was an actual explosion of an atomic bomb. And they kept it secret because uh, they thought that, you know, putting together, and, and this was Pandora's box. I mean, when you detonate a bomb like that, nothing on the planet is the same, as you know. Right. Uh, and when, they, when that happened, it caused uh, a stir in that area and much, much damage. But those those scientists kept it secret. And when they were there, everybody thought they were traveling salesmen. They didn't know uh, what, what was happening with the Manhattan Project. Trinity is the actual location where it happened. And is it unusual that it would happen in an area that they would do atomic testing? Well, the... Go ahead, Jack. <laughs> I mean, in terms of the UFOs showing up in those areas? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, that's, uh, that's happened since then, yes. Uh, it seems that the phenomenon is, is very attracted to military activity. Uh, but, you know, that's not all. I mean, it, it would be a mistake to look at, for example, the cases, uh, in, you know, over Nevada and so on, or... Uh, rocket testing and so on, where people have seen or tracked UFOs, uh, that's only maybe 10% of all the cases. But those are important to us because usually there is tracking instrument, there is uh, radar confirmation and so on. So that's why those cases make it to to the New York Times. 
The other 90% of the cases happen to, you know, farmers in their fields, and those don't make it to the New York Times. But those may be equally important. Paula, this, of course, happened two years before Roswell, two years before Kenneth Arnold spotted his UFO sightings when he was flying his plane. Is there a significance behind that? Absolutely, because when those little boys, and I said they were nine years old, uh, you know, Jose and Remy was seven, they had no frame of reference. When they, uh, they, were, they were looking for a, a cow that was going to calf, I mean, they were used to going out in the fields. They were used to driving their father's truck. Uh, they were used to doing this kind of work. And there was a thunderstorm, and it's so interesting, even the idea of the thunderstorm there. And then all at once, this craft comes in. It takes out uh, a part of the um, communication tower. The boys see the whole thing, and they don't know anything about UFOs. There's nothing on TV. There's, there's no images anywhere. Uh, Kenneth Arnold had not coined the term um, Flying saucer yet, because that was in 1947. There was no Roswell. They didn't know what they were seeing when they walked over to the crash site, which was about three miles from the communication tower. They were curious. They were. They saw the smoke, and they walked over there to see uh, a avocado-shaped craft that had a kind of a panel blown out of it. Why did they wait so long to tell their story? Because they were smart. They, you know, you have to go back to those days. If, if you go to some of the uh, places, that are, you know, restaurants and cafe, little cafes and so on, watering holes in, the, in, in New Mexico, uh, you still see posters from that, era, from that time that, you know, say, if you see something, you don't talk. You, you, you keep the secret. So people knew that there were spies in the area, the German spies, but also Russian spies. And all the Russians were very fascinated with uh, Project Manhattan. And uh, we were allied with the Russians in those days. But that doesn't mean that all the secrets were shared. So there was intense um, intelligence and counterintelligence going on. And... People were indoctrinated with the fact that if you saw something that could be military, could be you would not talk about it. And they were indoctrinated with that idea. And also they thought, well, there are two other reasons. They thought that this was very personal to them, that they, you know, I mean, they were terrified by what happened. Terrified, intrigued, seduced, uh, you know, everything. It was an extraordinary event uh, at an extraordinary time, two days after the capitulation of Japan. Uh, Most uh, adults, uh, especially adult men, were scattered all over the planet. You know, uh, the the army was still in in Germany and uh, hadn't come back. Most of it hadn't come back. And uh, the uh, the, uh, the uh, uh, Japan, you know, the, the war had just finished, and uh, the, most men in uniform were still on ships and and air bases all over the Pacific. That's why 
but it, it's hard for people today to put themselves back into that time. Um, you know, that's why the kids were driving the truck. I mean, that's why they were in charge of the ranch. This ranch is very, very large. It uh, It's fenced. Somebody needs to keep the fences, you know, secure. Somebody needs to keep track of the cattle. The kids had binoculars. They had binoculars that were just as good as the army binoculars because they, they had to read the brands on the cattle from a distance. And they knew that, that area very well. So uh, people have, you know, uh, critiqued our book by saying, come on, you know, you're telling that story in two little kids, that little kids make up anything. Well, in those days, you you wouldn't make up stories. I mean, you know, I was born in 1939. So I remember 1945. <laughs> oh, you know, yeah. I was six-year-old in, in 1945. I can relate to those little kids, you know. I know what it was like in France. You know, you wouldn't talk. If you saw, uh, uh, you know, during the war, if, if, if you saw a German soldier, you would not look him in the eyes. You know, you'd try to cross the street. Uh, I mean, I, I was born in occupied France. And I remember the bombings. You know, my my, the, my family house was was bombed, and we you know had to run away, just like I, I see people running away from Kiev in you know Ukraine in yeah. uh, uh, in the war uh, with Russia. Yeah. And so the those were the the times. It's hard for people to get back to that. They are not just two witnesses of two little Indians, although they were excellent, excellent witnesses, and we, we can get back into that. We've analyzed all the transcripts that Paola had done, uh, you know, of, of their recollections of everything, everything that happened. But there were two, we found two other witnesses, and there may be more, who were adults. One was a, a bomber pilot, um, who was coming in for a landing at Alamogordo. Alamogordo is the, uh, the, the, the airfield inside um, White Sands. White Sands is an enormous area, which is why the bomb was, quote, tested there. Yeah. Uh, and he was uh, told by the, the controllers to take a look at, as he passed north of, of White Sands, uh, over a tower, because they had lost communication with the tower. That's a tower that, you know, as Paula was saying, the, the object hit on the way down. And uh, so he circled that tower, saw the damage, so it completely confirms, you know, what the kids are saying. He saw the damage, he saw the little kids, and he saw the object in the bushes with smoke around it, assumed it was on fire, well, it wasn't on fire. The, the bushes were on fire. But the, the object was essentially intact after the... Uh, it was a crash, but it was a controlled crash. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. 
featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.